And from the KTOO Newsroom, I'm Anna Canny. Juneau was slammed by heavy snow and high winds causing hazardous road conditions and early closures today. A blizzard warning is in effect through 6 p.m. today, but according to meteorologists, the worst of the storm has passed. The back end of the front is almost pretty much passed over us right now, so we're just waiting to see if uh, conditions continue improving here. According to early reports, Juno received more than 8 inches of snow between last night and just past 1 p.m. today. The urban avalanche advisory remained high this afternoon. Those who are able to should limit time in avalanche zones. The Alaska Department of Transportation reported outages and malfunctions for traffic lights due to the weather. Alaska Electric Light and Power said no outages were reported. The Juneau School District released students an hour early today and canceled after-school programs. The high school basketball game at Juneau Douglas High School has been rescheduled for tomorrow. City offices and facilities are also closed early, including public libraries and City Hall. The 5 p.m. Historic Resources Advisory Committee has been canceled, and the 6 p.m. Assembly Finance Committee meeting will be held on Zoom only. The city bus service is suspended on Cordova Street, Franklin, and 4th Street, downtown, until Thursday. According to the National Weather Service, lighter scattered rain and snow showers are expected through tomorrow. The Army Corps of Engineers has cleared yet another milestone in the Unalaska Bay dredging project. The Corps told City Council Tuesday that the federal portion of the project is completely funded. An underwater bar of hard, hard rock and sediment sits at the entrance of Ululuk Bay, just outside of Dutch Harbor and the Unalaska Spit. Nate, Jathan Garrett is the project manager. He says dredging the bar will make it easier for larger, deep draft vessels to get in and out of the bay. Well, the big goal is to increase the uh, efficiency of the fleets, of the ships, um, and of the, the port itself, as well as create a, a safer environment for those who are coming in to seek refuge or to transfer cargo and commodities. The project has been in the works since 2016. An analysis a few years later pegged the cost at about $30 million. But Garrett says the final price tag will likely be less. The federal government is, re- is responsible for 75% of that cost. Garrett says he learned Tuesday that portion is fully funded, in part due to the infrastructure package passed in Washington last year. The city will still need to fund the remainder. Councilman Tom Bell has said that the erosion in the Front Beach, a local concern that residents have raised since the project's inception. It's by deepening that channel in there, does that increase the flow of water in and out and cause more erosion or potentially cause more erosion on the beach? Corps officials say they've run models to try and anticipate erosion impacts, and they don't believe dredging will cause problems. Another concern is explosives. Uh, the military left behind lots of unexploded ordnance ordnance ordinance after World War II, and Garrett says the Army Corps of engineers has analyzed the area to gauge whether it would run undetonated explosives. They were able to work out this that from their center of expertise and received uh, decided there was a low probability of encountering any explosives in the bay. There are explosives, but they don't believe it will be a big deal. The Corps will be back in Alaska to host a community information and outreach event on March 16th. Concerns over health issues such as cancer and other diseases have driven researchers and members of the Sivukuk communities of 
Savugunya and Gamble to investigate connection between failing health and environmental contaminants. Those contaminants come in the form of persistent organic pollutants, or POPs, and toxic metals. Much of the toxic compounds found on St. Lawrence Island and elsewhere in the Norton Sound come from abandoned military sites. According to the Alaska State, according to the state of Alaska, as one as of the end of 2018, approximately $125 million had been authorized and spent by the Department of Defense on contamination cleanup and remediation work at the Northeast Cape, including the prior demolition and off-site disposal of structures and debris. VYE, a Savunya tribal member in the Environmental Health and Justice Program, director uh, is director at the Alaska Community Action on Toxics Organization, or AACAT. Y.E. says St. Lawrence Island, Savugak, has been subject to contamination from nearly from two abandoned military sites located on the island, built between 1940s and the 1950s. We were an important strategic location for the military during the Cold War. We were the eyes and ears of the North because of our proximity to Russia. ACAT is currently studying the long-term environmental and health consequences of polyfluoroalkyl substances, or PFAs. The chemicals are used in the industrial settings, firefighting foams, food packaging, and they also repel water and oil. Pam Miller is the executive director of ACAT. Persistent organic pollutants are chemicals that are highly toxic, and they're bioaccumulative, so they can bioaccumulate in the food web, and they can cause a range of health problems, including endocrine disorders such as thyroid disease. They can harm learning and development. POPs and toxic substances on St. Lawrence Island have led to continuing exposure of the Yupik people to contaminated air, water, and especially traditional foods. According to the state of Alaska, the community has cons- expressed concerns over possible impacts to subsistence foods such as reindeer and fish from the area. Miller explained what ACAT has been researching over the past two decades in the Norton Sound region in the larger Arctic area. Community-based research out here on St. Lawrence Island for about 20-plus years at the request of the tribe's here to understand the long-term effects of military contamination and also the effects of contamination coming into the Arctic from all over the, the hemisphere. According to Y.E., holding the federal government accountable for the contamination of the island has been difficult. The burden of proof was put on my people. It's been very uh, difficult to hold the military accountable and uh, we partner with our tribes here, Native Village of Gamble, Native Village of Savunga. Waii was appointed in 2021 to the Biden administration's White House Environmental Justice Advisory Council. The advisory council provides advice and recommendations on how to address current and historic environmental injustices across the United States. More information on ACAT's work can be found at ACAT Act akaction.org. The Biden administration is expected to announce soon whether or not it will approve the Conco Phillips permit for Willow, a major drilling oil drilling project in the Natural Pro- National Petroleum Reserve. Rallying for the project at the U.S. Capitol today, Alaska Native 
leaders stood with the state's congressional delegation wearing willow yes lapel stickers. Independent Representative Josiah Putkatuk from the North Slope said, Revenues from the oil production will support rural communities and a culture that is dependent on subsistence and whaling. When we talk about environmental justice and uh, protecting the environment that uh, us Alaska Natives were part of that environment, we always have been and we always will be. And that's why it's important to underscore the opportunities for a better quality of life, staying away from the third world conditions that the generation immediately before me grew up in. Over its 30-year lifespan, Willow is projected to produce as much as $10 billion in revenue for the state and the North Slope Borough. Alaska Congress, Congresswoman Mary Paltola says the administration should listen to her constituents, particularly the consensus opinion of the Inupiaq people of the Arctic. This is their region. This is their land. This is about their sovereignty and their autonomy to go forward with their um, economic development, which will help the state of Alaska. It will help residents across our state. Environmental groups say approving the Willow Project would be, wrong, would be the wrong move for an administration committed to slow climate change and transition to, economy, to an economy based on renewable energy. A decision could come as early as next week. And Wrangell's government is speaking out against a petition to put Southeast Alaska wolves on the federal endangered species list. The Wrangell Assembly unanimously approved a resolution this week urging that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service not list the wolves of the Alexander Archipelago as endangered. The resolution pushes the federal government to consider recent restrictions on development in the Tongass. It also cites data collected by the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, which opposes the potential endangered designation as well. Wrangell's resolution also argues that Southeast communities would suffer with a decrease of subsistence and sports hunting, as well as bare regulatory burdens if wolves were protected under the Federal Endangered Species Act. For more stories, check out ktoo.org.